name is Christian Baldanza DiTacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us tonight on Sunday, January the 3rd. Quite a return for Serie A soccer in 2021, starting off with a bang. Um, some pretty straightforward results, but the score lines were quite surprising. There was a couple of surprises that we saw in there as well. And uh, before we jump right in, I just want to make a quick shout out, a huge congratulations to the best football team there is, the Cleveland Browns, making the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. So happy to finally see you guys back in. The last time I saw you guys there, I was like 13, 14 years old, so it was a long time ago. What punishment. <laughs> what passion and dedication. But I uh, just wanted to throw that in there, so let's jump right in. Let's talk about uh, match day 15. Started off with a bang. Inter, 6-2 to two winners over Crotone. Inter getting it done. Lautaro Martinez, I think he's going to start the year. He started the year off right. Three goals. Three goals. Hattrick Hero, man of the match, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um... A great game by Inter, but surprisingly, Crotone started off the goal scoring. I know. I woke up to a Crotone goal. Yeah. I woke up in my bed to Crotone goal. Jeez. Not a nice way to wake up, but... No. No. You know what shocked me about this game? I'm surprised Strappa went with a 3-5-2 against Inter. Yeah, me too. He uh, he stuck with his offensive formation. Yeah. And they did get two goals. Yeah. I mean, you got to fault just the way they looked. Uh, what didn't look that great? I, I, I'd, I'd have to no- make another knock on Samir Handanovic yeah. for that. It's clumsy, but uh, which one? The I believe it was the first one. The first one. Yeah, clumsy. And uh, w- what can you do? I mean, uh, what do you? We've been talking about this all season long. So far, it's his time is probably up. Um, it's time to bring in somebody else. The transfer window is going to be opening now. I believe yeah. tomorrow, yeah. On Monday morning, and uh, it's time to go do something. I mean, uh, I believe it's the goal right here. Look, yeah, he just watched. Why are you staying he on just, your line? Yeah, hard to do, but yeah, that's Handanovic over the years. That's the thing that's drove me nuts. Stands on his line. He does not move. He nah. freezes. Yeah, I've never seen a goalie freeze like he does. Yeah, and it's really annoying. But uh, <laughs> yeah, terrible. You don't stand on your line like that. Even I know that. You know, yeah. it's. I think. With the transfer window out, a guy we should be looking to get rid of, I'm going to say, is Vidal. Secret agent, Juve over there. Subbed off at half yep. for giving away the penalty. Terrible late tackle. And uh, since he was brought on at halftime, this is back-to-back games now. Uh, Conte's done this. And Inter just poof, yeah. took off after that. Lukaku, his combination play with uh, Martinez was next yeah. level. Like I said, best one-two in the league, I think, hands yeah. down. Now they're finding it. Rest of the league, watch out. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be scary if Lautaro keeps this up. Watch out, they got nothing but the Serie A now and the Coppa Italia, I believe. So only thing is Lukaku did go down in that yeah, game with the we'll, thigh strain. Uh, we'll we'll see how long that's gonna be for. Yeah, uh, could hopefully it's not too long for Inter's sake because uh, Inter also looking for some depth to uh, good, good timing to go down. <laughs> I guess with Lautaro firing, yeah, and in the transfer window, yeah, and in the transfer window as well. We'll, well. we'll talk a little bit about that later on, but I'm sure there's some transfer rumblings coming up, yeah, because uh, I know Inter's looking for they're linked with everybody, they're Papu, with everybody, yeah, everyone under the sun, yeah, they're pretty much. With. So, and then management comes out and says, "No, we got no money to spend." So that tells you they're playing a bit of oh, for cat sure. and mouse. They don't for want sure. people to up the prices because they know they have money, right? For sure, for sure. So. 
Well, uh, what did you think about your boy Hakimi? Another hey, another good game. Another great game by Hakimi. <laughs> hey, I have nothing against Hakimi. I have nothing against Hakimi. I think he's a fantastic player. Fantastic player. I think he's now finding his stride and he found his fit with mm. this inter team. And this inter team is dangerous. Uh, it's the 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 two Milan teams right now are just those are the two teams that are unbeatable. I think right now. Yeah, they're both on fire. It's going to yeah. take something special to beat both of these teams. Yeah, I think the Scudetto is going to come down. It's going to come two. down to the Milan derby. Yeah. <laughs> it might with the way both teams are going. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know it's really early to say, but uh, yeah, it's a great win for Inter. Way to start off the year. A statement win. Yeah. Over Luke. Crotone. Yeah, Lukaku's goal was amazing. Yeah. That touch, that spin, he spun... Uh, Wasn't a tap-in. No. <laughs> he what? spun Luperto with yeah. him on his back. Luperto's grabbing him. He does like a fake... He shows Cordaz that he's going to go to uh, Cordaz's uh, right. Yeah. But then he just hesitates and slots it to the left, sits Cordaz down. What a beautiful goal. Yeah, definitely beautiful for sure. Such good touch there from a big man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which, and- which has been a criticism of Lukaku. Yeah. Inter just they came in they knew what they had to do and they did it and they capitalized on Crotone's mistakes as well Crotone Stroppa even though he did get two goals against Inter shouldn't have come out in attacking formation I think that was wrong I think he should have came out and played a sit back counter attack play compact and I don't think it would have been that as much of a blowout because those three guys back there they had a lot of work cut out for them Morone getting an own goal yeah and they just they looked exhausted they looked, uh, they looked exhausted, and uh, they just looked overwhelmed, too, at, at that point. So, yeah. Junior Maceres having another good game. Yeah. He's, he's going to get picked up. Oh, he'll get picked up, no problem. Once Crotone goes down... Yeah, he blew he blew past a few players yeah. in the middle of the field, which is such a, a good skill to have on a, on a big team. Yeah. To get guys that can beat guys one-on-one in the middle of the field. Absolutely. He's going to be someone to watch out for. For uh, sure in the summer transfer window. For sure. So congratulations to Inter. Let's move on to the next game. Let's talk about this dud of a game. Fiorentina-Bologna, 0-0. So Fiorentina going from scoring three goals against Juve to not getting a shot. It was a blip. Blip on the radar. The last game was a blip on the radar. Against Juve. Yeah, Yeah, against Juve. Not not registering a shot on target this whole game. They went back to their old garbage. Yeah, they did. They went back. They They did. That goes to show you it's all a psychological thing for yep. these guys. Lahovic scored his three goals. Now yeah. he's or three or four goals. Uh, two and, of them penalties. Yeah, and uh, he he went back into the abyss and yeah. played a he played a terrible game. Uh, Fiorentina just they just looked awful this game. Bologna couldn't muster up anything. They three shots on target. Nothing really spectacular stood out for them. Um, one thing that Juliano and I have always talked about with this Bologna team is they, they, they live and die by the sword of Roberto Soriano. And Soriano had an okay game. And uh, the other guys need to step up. I mean, Bado didn't play that great. Palacio didn't play that great. Orsolini was okay, yeah, came off. Just had that big chance. Yeah, he missed. And, that was uh, it. I think you got to give credit to the way the Bologna defense shut down Fiorentina. For Fiorentina not to register a shot at all on target. I mean, Danilo, Tomisayo, to, uh, Tomiyasu, and uh, this guy, I love him, Mitchell Dykes. Yeah, big uh, left back. He's a he's a he's six, he's a six foot four left back. Yeah, rare. <laughs> that's unheard of. Very unheard. That's of. unheard of. He, you would he, think he'd be in the center back position. Exactly, and he he held his own. And but yeah, Bologna. I guess yeah, that's a thing definitely to be proud of because they have struggled defensively. They have, but at the same time, 
Drakowski did make some did make a big save. Yeah. Uh but they're not just they're not being clutch. No, they're matters. not. They're not. Bologna. And uh you got to score. That that was the big save on Drakowski and Palacio one yeah. of them. Bartolome so, played really good in that for Fiorentina. Yes. Yeah. You have to give him credit there. Yeah. But uh he was their standout player. He was their standout yeah. player for sure. So but he was trying to do everything for Fiorentina. Early on in the game he had a chance uh where I think it deflected off the Silvestri's leg onto the post. Yeah. But there's only so much everybody can do. Yeah. And guys like Castrovilli, we said Castrovilli, this was his season to step up and show that he's a talisman. Because now Chiesa is gone. Yeah. This is your chance. Show you're the man. Absolutely. And he's not doing it. Absolutely. Uh, so, bit of a dud there. Yeah, nothing to talk about. Nothing really game. to talk about there. But let's move on. Let's talk about the Giallo Rossi winning 1 nothing against Sampdoria. And uh, it was a fantastic game on Roma's part. The, watching this game, Roma dominated this game. They dominated possession. They dominated. They dictated the whole game. Claudio Ranieri was going to come in and sit back anyway. And it did take an Eden Zeko goal to, to, nice to goal. be the difference. And it was a really nice goal from Karsdorp again. It looks like Karsdorp and Zeko are really gelling really well. And yes, it came in the 72nd minute. But if you go back and watch the highlights or if you go back and watch the game, which I do for Roma... Uh, the, the game was it was only a matter of time before Roma was going to score the, was going to score yeah. and uh, you know rightly so as, I, as I've said countless times you beat the teams below you to keep up the momentum for top four and they did that one huge shout out the weather wasn't that great and the way yeah, Roma dictated the play in the pouring rain was uh, you know awesome Roma hitting that, the bar that was the big save of the game Paul, Paul Lopez, Lopez. Paul Lopez played really well standing in for Antonio Mirante uh, Pellegrini hitting the post a couple of times Smalling hitting the crossbar a couple yeah. of times like it was coming like the, Roma played a really solid game here in a 3-4-2-1 and Gianluca Mancini wow yeah wow back there what an improvement from last season huge huge he's matured he has honing his craft yeah you know what growing pains yeah growing pains growing pains um Sampdori had no answer for Roma. No, they didn't. They didn't. They did nothing. Like we said, that Paolo Lopez save was the biggest thing at the yeah. off a off a set piece. It was yeah. kind of an interesting set piece too. Candreva. Yeah. Someone ran over the ball, touched the ball. Candreva then cut him from the left, took yeah. two or three touches, and then just launched it. It went uh, pretty much just under the bar, but Paolo Lopez managed to just tip yeah. it over. Huge save. Good for. I, I like how Paolo Lopez is slowly building his confidence back. I think no doubt Paul Lopez is going to win his position back in the starting 11 yeah, between think, the sticks. It's a I matter think of time. Mirante's done now after. Yeah, I think it's a matter up. of time now. He's he. It was a bit of a, a confidence issue. Fonseca realized that. Fonseca slowly eased him back in this season. And now we're seeing a Paul Lopez play confident. And he's playing decent. He's putting in some great performances. So very happy to see that on the Roma end. Um, on, the, on the Sampdoria end, you got to give credit to Emilio Dero again. This guy's got to go to a bigger club. He really does. He, he kept Sampdoria in the game, and uh, he, he kept them alive. I, I, other than that, 
this Sampdoria team played awful. Yoshida, awful. Tonelli, awful. Cole, awful. Ojalo was okay. Quagliarella was a nobody in this game. Yankto was a nobody. Ekdal was okay. Candreva, nothing. Like Yeah, they just Roma just absolutely smothered them. They did. Think they did. They, Sampdoria had no answer. No answer. The only guy Long ball. That's that, what they were trying that's to That's all. But the only guy that stood out in that game, you can tell by just watching this game how great of a goalkeeper Emilodero is. Yeah, he's a great goalkeeper, and maybe somebody to look for, look at for Inter. You know, I mean, yeah, this guy's destined for a big club. He came through the Juve system, and is now with Sampdoria. He's carrying this team. He's carrying this team big time. And uh, but uh, credit to Roma. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, media attention right now uh, with that donkey. Ni- with yeah, Nicolo Zaniolo. I'm sorry, he's a donkey. No, he is. Twenty years old. 2010 out, sorry, 22, whatever. Yeah. Been at home for the past year almost with yeah. his knees, both of them busted. Yeah. Not looking good for you already early yeah. on in your career. Yeah. And then your personal life's getting leaked into the media, yeah. the news. Yeah. Like, you got to keep it locked down at home, man. You do got to keep it locked down at home. And the other thing, too, is to come out and say, I'm going to be ready in April and I'm going to be ready for the Euro. You learn you you know what happened when you came back last time. You came back way too early and look what happened. You ruined yeah. your other knee and you need to just sit out the season, sit out the Euro, I think. And when he comes back, Paulo Fonseca, if this team's if this team's firing the way they're firing, I wouldn't start him. Another player, stardom's getting into into his head. So and young he's done too. Nothing. Yeah, he's done nothing. He has. Done I don't nothing. care what he's done in the Primavera for no. Inter. He's done nothing. He's in his done career. nothing. He hasn't really stood out at all. He's potential. Yeah, that's all he is. He's yeah. not the finished product. So no. he's got a long way to go. He's not. And he better. And good look, coaching. Fonseca said he came out and he's a. He's a stellar uh, professional, but what else is Fonseca gonna say? Yeah. Of course, you're gonna protect exactly. the players, right? And then. It's going to be interesting to see what Roma does in the transfer market, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little later. Roma looking to offload six players and bring in Stefano Sharawi right now. That's that's basically the move, like making some room and salary wise, and yeah. bringing in Stefano Sharawi. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I think it's a great move. And then yeah, there's a little bit of a twist in the Brian Reynolds story as well, which I'm <laughs> sure we'll talk about a little later. Our boy. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to Torino. Torino Parma, eh? What a win. What a win for Torino. So overdue, but so deserved. That's the Torino we've been waiting for this season. About time. Gianpaolo said he About knew time. he wasn't going to get fired, so I guess... And I have to give credit where credit is due. It was a huge gamble from Cairo, the owner, but he stuck with them. And now with this win, Torino's technically out of the relegation, out of the bottom three. Yeah, and right up to 17. Now they got momentum. Mm-hmm. And there there are some games there that they dropped. They shouldn't have dropped. They, these guys should be higher up the table, yeah. in my opinion, right? But uh, a great game for, for Torino here. Really showing and dictating the game. And it was interesting to see how Giampaolo came out in a 3-5-2. Verdi side by side with Bellotti. Bellotti, fantastic. Set up both goals. Yeah, he was great. Set up two he goals here for and Itzo. That's the Armando Itzo I know. Two goals, two games. Yeah, two goals. Two, he got a goal, yellow card. Very good rating. Very well played game. If Itzo is this consistent, this is a guy that can come off the bench for the national team. Yeah, depth wise, he's he's talented. He does depth-wise. that depth. 
single. Yeah, your buddy single there. This kid is good, man. Yeah. He did a one-two essentially from his own end. Yeah. To Bellotti, sprinted the entire field. Yeah. Got maybe five yards outside the 18, received the ball from Bellotti, slots at bottom left corner. Yeah. His left of uh, Seppe. Yeah. What a goal. But how about how about this kid, Amer Goyak? Yeah, it comes, comes on. Comes on, sets up a goal, and scores a goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. We'll have to get on the assist on that, too. What a finish, though. Top. Yeah. Right off the beautiful. post and right was, side. It was beautiful. This this is a Torino team that will be tricky to beat. And uh, I think they got it right. And Salvatore Sirigu, new year, new man, it looks like. Outstanding get, today. Getting benched bench made a difference. Yeah, outstanding. And then on the other end. It's a good thing. This Torino team looks hungry. They look hungry. They look desperate. They want to stay alive. They want to make a difference. That's where, like, they got desire. The struggles there. They they want to know. They know what it's like. They do. But like you said, on the other hand, Parma are going backwards. Yeah, they're going absolutely backwards. They had their showing, and now they they've they've gone back into that abyss. Um, Liberani is going to be the first coach to get fired this year. Oh, 100 percent. Right if he's not fired right now, yeah, I know it's we're we're in the we're in the middle of the night in Italy right now, time wise. But if he's not fired first thing tomorrow morning, he has to go. He has to go. This, I like him, but yeah, he this has is to go. As as a, as the ownership group, I know a new ownership group that's come in in Kraus. You're, the transfer market's opening now. Get a manager in now. Tell him what you that way he can tell you he can do go run through one game tell you kind of what he needs and go from there because Liverani doesn't look like he has a clue about what he's doing but he's a good coach I think he's a coach that I I, I don't discredit Liverani and what he's done as a manager but he just doesn't have the tools to fit his system and he's not able to adapt and as a manager you should be able to adapt with the and you should be able to play with the with the cards you're you're dealt with right. And he doesn't. Yeah, no, it's true. He, the Verani, I like what he did with Lecce. No, I, I agree with you. He yeah. came into Parmeside when they were in the middle of a transition between owners. Yeah. And now he's with an owner who one of the first conversations they had was, you're going to switch from your three-man defense to a four-man defense. Yeah. So you have ownership telling you what to do. Right away. So results aren't going your way. You're being told how to manage your team. Yeah. This relationship's done. I think so. I don't think Kraus wants Liverani there. No. And uh, I think, yeah, like we said, that's the end of him. Yeah, absolutely. So, congratulations to Torino. Well-deserved. D- needed to happen. And it now, did. the momentum is now shifting. Torino's going to, I think, in my opinion, climb the table now. 100%. Back to Itzo, which you could see at the end of the game and even on his goal with that cel- you know, yeah. the celebration, what it meant to Torino. And he's turning out to be a really great leader, catalyst in the side. Has to be. Has to um, be. This team's for real. I think you're going to start seeing them climb up the table. Yeah. But Armando Izzo, you're 100% right about him. He brings character when he there's does. not many characters in the game anymore. Yeah, he does. I'm, I'm a big fan of Armando Izzo. Congratulations, Torino. Let's move on. Well, Atalanta. Whew. They came out to play today. But I think we kind of saw that. They had two weeks. They had a Christmas break off. Time for Gasparini to figure it out. Sort out the drama that's going on in the locker room. And get back to work. The one thing with Atalanta is when Atalanta has time off and they're able to recoup, they are phenomenal. Yeah. The problem, they're not consistent. 
right? Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens now. But a big 5-1 to one win in this game against Sassuolo. Let's talk about Atalanta here. Duvin Zapata, two goals. Piscina, a goal. Gosens, a goal. Muriel coming off the bench, scoring again. It seems like that's what he does. Super sub. Super sub. Super sub Muriel. And uh, they just... They, they looked good this game. They looked good this game. And the big thing about this is the Atalanta ownership came out and said, we are Team Gasparini all the way. And this Atalanta team, with all the Papu Gomez garbage that's going on, this Atalanta team in this game showed that they are united with Giampiero Gasparini 110%. If these guys were on the side of Papu Gomez, they wouldn't have came out this game and, and bullied us a swallow team that is sitting high up in the table, right? Sitting high out of form a little bit, but coming yeah. off a win, I think, so swallow, right? Yeah, they were. Listen, like, Atalanta have been playing their cards right for the past decade, I'd say. Yeah. And uh, it all comes down to good ownership. And that move epitomizes Atalanta siding with the manager. Yeah. And sticking with him. We have faith in you. Build yeah. a new team. He slots at Piscina. Yeah. Scores in this game. Yeah. He, they're not making any wrong moves at the line. Loyalty goes a long way in this game, in my opinion. I'm a Romanista. I, I know, I like loyalty. To I me. agree. I agree. And mercenary team yeah. teams of mercenaries don't work. No, they don't. And. Giampiero Gasparini has basically taken taken Atalanta, a team like we said before, that would just jump up and down between Serie A, Serie B. He's taken them into the Champions League, taken them into, and they're now a second season a regular. They have a game in hand. They could realistically jump into the top four again. This is going to be. I think I have to change my my thought. Is I don't know if we're seeing the fall of Atalanta. I don't think so. I just think we're I don't know. seeing just... them in an exceptional year. A bit of a, a bit of of a transition for them. Yeah. Because you're gonna lose your captain. Yeah. And uh this is their sophomore year in the Champions League, so it's yeah. a bit every team struggles in their second year. Yeah. So it's growing pains for them. But yeah. they're not doing bad. No, they're not doing bad. And uh on the other side, Terrible. Sassuolo. The only guy yeah. that really stood out was Lucatelli, in my opinion. Berardi was a ghost. Caputo was a ghost. Kirkis was okay. Consigli was terrible. Kirkis was good, but Zapata ruined him. Yeah. Zapata destroyed him. Zapata is one of the best strikers in the league. Yeah. And he made him look like a fool. No, he did. He did, but Kirkis did all he could. Yeah, he did all he could. He didn't get any help from Ferrari back there. No. He didn't. Giammaro Ferrari was running and he was chasing shadows this game. Exactly. But, so. but yeah, this game went kind of like I thought it would. Locatelli was on the ball the most for uh, Sassuolo this game. But every attack was go to Berardi. Yeah. Berardi, being Berardi, hangs onto the ball a tad bit too late. Yeah. Tries to do too much. Atalanta completely shut him down. He could do nothing. Yeah. I just want to come back to Atalanta quick with two of the goals. Um more so having to do with the setups. Ilicic, what a beautiful little flick pass to Piscina for his goal. World-class pass. And Froehler, too. What a pass. This is a path yeah. to the little backflow. Sorry, backheel flick right through uh, Kitakesh's legs. Zapata slots it in. Two beautiful passes. Probably the two best passes you'll see all season. And uh, Atalanta look unstoppable. They do. If they play like this. They do. They do. So watch out. Atalanta looks like they could be back, but remember, this is their first game in a while, so they've had time to regroup. So we'll see what happens midweek. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yes. Let's move on to the next game. Napoli. Make it an example. 
They did. I was a bit worried about them, actually, as I was watching. So I didn't get a chance to fully watch this game, but I was watching the uh, the ticker, and I'm like, okay, they scored in the 25th minute, but then Kaleri scored. Yeah. 60th, and I'm like, oh, no. Is Napoli going to... Fall apart. Collapse here. You just can see the clear, but... Piot, Zelensky. Yeah. Two phenomenal goals again. Two phenomenal goals. Oh, yeah. The first goal, where he slots it top, uh, top of the net with his left foot. The second goal, he takes uh, two touches, pokes it in with his left foot, world-class touches, and then they just went off from there. It was the Napoli show. They did. It was a Napoli show. That red card made a difference, too, and Ligo Giannis getting the red card. That defense was terrible. Zappa, Walukiewicz, Cepetelli, and Liko Giannis, they were, they were terrible. They offered nothing to Cranio, no support for Cranio back there. Um, the one thing is Andrea Patania sets up a goal. Yeah, he did a good job yeah. on that goal, too. He used his size, which we've been saying. You got to use your size. You're a big guy. Use your size. Use your size. And he did, and that helped Lozano. Yeah, right? it did. It did help them. This Napoli team played. Play, this, was a, this is a Napoli team that if they play like this, they're scary, right? They're scary. But something is, I don't know if, obviously, the red card played a factor, but in the end, it's a good, uh, yeah. It's a move in the right direction because Napoli, we said they're out of the Scudetto challenge now. Yeah. We said sitting last in fourth. They're but sitting they're far in fourth, away. but they're, they're far, far off the pace. Inconsistent. Yeah. They need to uh, take a scalp from one of the big boys. For sure they do. And see, uh, I think that may put them back in the running. They have to beat Inter AC yeah. when they go up against them again. I think they played Inter already, if I'm not mistaken. AC, they might be playing soon. Yep. Uh if you can win a game like that, you're back in the race. Absolutely. Well, let's see what happens. The one thing I will say about Cagliari, Joao Pedro, yet again, scoring, carrying this Napoli team. He must have like half their goals now at this point in time. Goals galore. I think he he must. Yeah. He scores a ton of goals. He does. He does. So congratulations to Napoli, showing some huge character there. Now let's move on to an upset. This was an upset. Lazio. Lazio, Genoa. Genoa. Wow. Ballardini, man. Two games undefeated. The last team to beat AC Milan was Genoa. You know that? March 8th. Isn't that crazy? March 8th, 2020. Isn't that crazy? Now they're sitting in relegation zone. Yeah. But two games undefeated. Playing with the three-man defense again. Yeah. Lazio even scored the first goal. On a penalty. On a penalty. It was a penalty. Yeah, it was. It was a stupid challenge, I think, by Zapata. I think he tried to jump over... Yeah. Uh, who was it? He tried to jump over. I can't I can't remember who it was, but he tried to jump over and went right through the player. Yeah. Chiro slots it in. Chiro then misses a big chance to put his team up 2-0. Two, two and then Destro gets a tying goal. Beautiful yeah. pass. He jumped over Chiro. Was it Chiro? Yeah. Yeah, Zapata on Chiro. Stupid challenge. Yeah. And then, I hope I get this name right, Eldor Shomrodov. If anybody can look at this pass... Threads it between two guys right on the yeah. Destro. Perfect way to pass. Yeah. Destro just to who? Matteo Destro. Again. The party back, man. Back off break. The party man. <laughs> Punches in, gets his goal, and now he's going to punch off for the next week. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> hey, Genoa finding ways. Genoa barely had the ball this game, okay? Yeah. They barely had the ball this game. They only were able to launch three shots on target. They made the most of it. They did. They made the most of it. They made the most of it. Lazio, disappointing. Lazio can't play against teams that sit back. No, they can't. They can't. They have to play against teams that push on them. Yes. That's and that that's very one-dimensional, though. 
it is it's not a good it's not a good look they got to find a way to beat teams that yeah throw everyone back sit 11 guys in front of the box yeah they got to find a way they don't have the pieces immobile is not the player to unlock a defense no. like that no I know they were missing uh, Korea for this game. Doesn't that's matter. A, that's a big piece, though. He's one of their best dribblers. I just want to see more from in a game like this. If we're going to talk about unlocking defenses, Luis Alberto's got to be better. Yeah. There was one point where he was on the left wing. He could have squared the ball, I believe, to Casado. He took the selfish route and tried. Yeah. Tried a a worldy. He tried to put a top corner. Yeah. And he misses. Uh, just no good. And yeah. it's that attitude that's keeping Lazio back right here. Pass the ball. Yeah. What are you trying to score from? You had Sergey Milinkovic Savage wide right open. there. Wide Two open. players wide open in front of the box. Yeah, that's just. And that's that's, that's what selfish. cost him the game. That's just so even even Cheeto's asking for it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. But lots of other chances. Yeah. And it and it bit them in their uh, yeah in their ass. Exactly. At the end of the day. Well, Genoa, I guess on a bit of a roll. Hey, any point is a big point. Especially when you're down in the bottom three. So. Because look who, you know, Genoa yeah. and uh, Torino were the only ones to pick up points. Yeah. From the bottom. Yeah. So they well, they made up ground on uh, Spezia spe- now in relegation. Who we're going to get We're into. just going to talk about right now. Spezia, Hellas, Verona. Tumbling down the table. Yeah, they are. They had that bit of a run and now... Just like we said they would. Yeah. Right? Just like we said. You can only go so long on playing yeah. the way they play. Yeah before it bites you you can play open it's nice and attractive yada 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 i've heard it my entire life growing up beautiful offense play the back then it was the dutch way the total yeah, football total football listen it looks nice but when you pass the ball without conviction when it's yeah. too slow when it doesn't break down the defense yeah. that is the worst thing you can do is yeah. be wide open if you're gonna play like that you gotta play quick yeah you gotta find you gotta get the ball in between the spaces behind the defenders Otherwise, you just leave yourself wide open. Yeah. That's kind of what happened in this game. Verona playing without really their designated striker. Kalinic was up top. Yeah. And it did take a moment of brilliance. From Zakani. Woo! Pushkas award right here. Woo! Look up this goal. Wow. One of the nicest bicycle kicks you'll ever see. Yeah. Look it up. Mattia Zakani. Uh, 75th minute. Hellas Verona. Spezia Calcio. You have to look up this goal. It might win the Pushkas award. It might. It'll be up there for nomination it for won't. sure. It will go to a big name who does a top-in or something. Can't. Because these guys got no recognition, but you got to... This is... It reminded me right away of Ronaldinho's bicycle kick, but it was a yeah. lot cleaner, this one. Oh, yeah. Where he takes off the chest, turns his body, defender on his back, boom. Oh, yeah. Bottom corner bicycle kick. Absolutely. And the one thing I will say, this Hellas Verona team... Even though they're playing a Christmas tree formation, it looks like a Christmas tree formation on paper, but it's not. This, to me, is such an old-school move by Ivan Juric, and this, to me, is Catenaccio. Yeah. This is Catenaccio. And for those of you that are interested in knowing what the, where the term Catenaccio came from in Italian, it actually kind of came from the word chain, where you have a chain on the defense. Look yeah. it up. It's in, um, it's, in a, it's in a book talking about the history of formations. I'll, I'll get you the name and stuff. We'll share it on the social media for you, but it's really interesting to think about. And uh, this team really play, even though they're lined up in a 3-4-2-1, they play in There's a lot five. of mobility in yeah. it. Yeah. Like Faraoni and Lazovic are back there. They're playing a back five. They yeah. really are. They shut down so well. And then when they're on the attack, they're just... It's... This Verona team doesn't have players that that stand out. 
No. No big names. But they do have important parts. They have important parts. Because of the way Jordic is slotted them That's in. right. They have important parts, and they just, they complement each other. Yeah. And exactly, it just, it exactly. works so well. Exactly. Like, if you were to take these players out and put them in another team, yeah. would they be successful? No. It I would probably so. take a lot of time. Yeah. By the time the manager figured it out. Yeah. But like, Faraoni is having the season of his uh, life. He Same is. as Akanyi. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, today, another player, John Giacomo Magnani. Yeah. Outstanding in the center back position. Fantastic. Fantastic. Like, these these guys, Farione, Zeccani, Di Marco specifically, because they've been the most uh, consistent, yeah. I would say. They are so vital to this team. They are. Here's the goal. Great players. Complement each other. Juric is... Whoop. What See you goal. later. What a goal. Juric is just something... Something magical is kind of happening here. Yeah. And I hope this project lasts because I like what I'm seeing from this team. Yeah. Tough to beat. Get the job done. Do enough to get the job done. Old school Italian football right there. Old school Italian football. Spezia on the other hand, just falling apart. What do you think happens? They get relegated now? Oh, yeah. I still think yeah. they're getting relegated. Hands down. I still think they're getting relegated. Yeah. This is it for them, I think. That's it. I don't think Italiano can nope. turn it around for them. No, nope. which is unfortunate. Italiano, Italiano is a good coach. I hope he he'll get he'll get a bigger team. I hope so. I hope he gets recognition and stays in Serie A because yeah, I do like it. what he brings. Just he the players, it. maybe that's where he lacks. He doesn't see that his players. Yeah, you got to respect your opponent a little bit more. For sure, you do. Now to the next match, Zombie Nation. Zombie Nation over zombies. here. You can't kill these guys. Nope, AC Milan. Yet we, again, winning 2-0 on Benevento. Sandro Tonali getting a red card in the first half. And it was a red card. Yeah, it bone, was That was bone a headed boneheaded move. move from Sandro Tonali. But at the same time, growing pains, I guess. There was intention to do it. You don't need to do that. It wasn't an accident. Yeah, it was a late. It was. It reminded me of the Vidal tackle. Just his was higher. Yeah. Uh, Tonali. Yeah. Listen, uh, we can say it's an experience. Vidal's been playing forever. Yeah, and he and still he does ma- And he makes the same mistake. So... Is it an experience? I don't know. It's maybe some things he has to change in his game. Tonali yeah. has, for me, been the weak link in the Milan oh, squad. Oh, for sure he has. I know he's young. He's a new signing. Yeah, he's got a gel. He has a lot of work to do, this kid. Uh, Milan, though. Talk about fortunate, this game. <laughs> fortunate, but at the same time... They deserved it. They deserved it because... Their goalie. Yeah. Donnarumma, Donnarumma won played. them this game. Donnarumma won this, ga- this game. And Caprari, I don't care if you're like a fifth division or you're just an amateur soccer player. When you're 12 yards out and it's just you and the goalie, you should not miss the net. I cannot believe how many players miss the net in a penalty. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, that, it was terrible. That's, it, what I, that's what I meant by fortunate. So Benevento, the amount of shots they had in this game, I cannot believe they didn't score. Yeah. Penalty they miss. Yeah. You had the red card advantage. After the red card advantage, you give away... Or sorry, it happened before. You give away a stupid penalty. Yeah. To Cassie. Right before, they had a bit of a penalty appeal themselves. But then, yeah. Stupid penalty given away. You get a red. You have chances galore. Donnarumma, you got to give him credit there. Romagnoli, Kyer, outstanding in the defense. Stand out. But the chances were there. They could not stop him. The chances were there. They couldn't stop him. But at the same time, even the Leal goal, too, in the second half. The Leal goal was wow. dirty. Yeah. 
Filthy. Absolutely filthy. I remember the commentator saying Montipo misjudged that, but I don't think no, he no. misjudged that. Leal just turned on the afterburners. And just went boom. And on top of that, Montipo got back. He did. He, and got he a, even got a hand to that's it. That's what I mean. He got a hand on it. Leal just, powerful. Leal just beat him by a millisecond, yeah. and then he put the ball in the perfect spot. Yeah, it was just powerful. Nothing you could do. Powerful stuff. Powerful that's stuff. What, that's what this Milan team is running on right now. They're running on moments of brilliance from individual yeah. players. Well, they're close. They're closer to their man coming back. They are. They are. Time, right? The team, how could I say this? Because they're undefeated in 20, I put up the tweet, in 20-something games, six draws. It's crazy, the yeah. numbers. They concede a goal a game on average. Yeah. They get two goals a game. And uh, it's coming down to moments of brilliance from their forwards and their defense and Donnarumma. He can have an off game. The offense makes up for it. The yeah. offense doesn't show up. Donnarumma saves the day. Yeah. It's just something's working there. Yeah. It, to the eye, it doesn't seem attractive. People probably see this and like, what the heck's going on with this team? How is this Milan team undefeated for so long? Yeah. And how are they first in Serie A? Probably for, say, a neutral fan who doesn't watch Serie A, they watch this. But, if you watch City, yeah, you can see yeah. why it is. Absolutely. And big test for them midweek, but we'll get into yeah, that Yeah, we'll later. get into that. So, What do you feel, though, for Benevento? Kind of the best of the rest. Finishing, yeah. I think they're still in 10th, or did they they're drop around. after this? They're somewhere mid-table. They play good. For a City, uh, yeah, they're the promoted team, they play great. They play good. They just can't capitalize. <laughs> they cannot capitalize. Uh, that's what the, are you going to do? That's why Milan got rid of Lapadula. Yeah. What are you going to do? Can't score. It's okay. You know what? Benevento was unexpected. Was not expected to do, get anything here. They gave me. They made Milan grind it out. Oh, they made Milan sweat this game. Yeah, they, they made did Milan sweat. sweat. They at least did that. They're not going to be too worried about that. They're already focused on the next game on Wednesday. But just bring it back to Donnarumma and those two defenders, Kyer and Romagnoli. The composure from Kyer and yeah. and Donnarumma, the leader, always shouting, pointing at his defenders where to be, telling Leao to track back. That's leadership. That is leadership. That's coming from a 21-year-old. Yeah. You know, and the leadership, leadership from him is outstanding. Yeah. And that's kind of where we... Salvestri, on papers, probably had the better season. Yeah. But Donnarumma, that's the difference with Donnarumma. That stuff's on a paper. And He leadership. commands the area. He won how many crosses in the in the box? Yeah. He picked out... Silvestri doesn't do it as good. One of the best goalkeepers in the world, hands down. 21 years old. Yeah, a lot of potential, and screaming it, potential. And it feels like he's been around forever, since yeah. he was 16, no? Yeah. He's When he hits his it. prime at 28, 29 years old, I'd be scared to see what he's going to be like. Yeah, he's going to be like And the best part about it, though, he's Italian, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, he's Italian. We're winning the Euros. We're right? good for We're good for a little <laughs> while. We replaced one GG for another one. One GG for another. All one. right. Who got voted best goalkeeper of all time? By the way, that's a hey, quite an honor. It. Yeah, he, he deserves, deserves it. it. John Luigi Buffon deserves it. Now, when, when the pros like Casillas are looking up to you, yeah. one of the probably the most decorated goal in the world. Yeah, you deserve to be called the best goalie. Hundred percent. Now let's move. Speaking of which, let's move on to Juventus. Juve, a bit of a scare early on in the game. A bit of a scare, but. With the with disallowed goal there, but Juve then went to work. Cristiano Ronaldo took Juve, took with the to school. Cristiano, who I haven't I haven't heard you uh, call him this in a while. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Who's Ronaldo. That? No, there was no Pinaldo today. No Pinaldo today. No Pinaldo today. Cristiano Ronaldo showed up. He did. And he they did. he played fantastic, scoring two goals. First goal 
was a was a rocket on yeah the paul yeah caught on the ball gets toe poked away from him and ronaldo just runs from the left side Boom. 45 and if you watch it in the highlights when the, the highlights aren't available right yet but when you watch it on the highlights he actually smashes the camera so yeah. you see it come in and boom the camera's just, gone the shot too it doesn't even have a lot of curve on it curl it's, it's, it's flat just, it's like a it's, it's like just a dead ball yeah it's just a punch that dips yeah and it happens so fast it's the yeah. power and speed of the shot yeah. and, and then the, his his toe poke to Chiesa yeah. wow yeah wow this Kiesa finishing off that chance really well too yeah well yeah I don't think he meant to hit it that way and it just mm-hmm. worked for him right but uh, Juventus Juventus this is a big turnaround for them big turnaround for them they needed something like this to happen and it did they got a little sloppy at the end conceding a goal at the very end of the game but that's where this is a team yeah. that lacks concentration yeah they do yeah Lacks concentration. See, good to see Giorgio Chiellini come off the bench. Yeah. Frabotta coming off the bench in the last couple of minutes. But uh, Benton Corrigan, I think the best midfielder this season in the league. Yeah. He does everything, this guy. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. This this Juve midfield, when they click, they're dangerous. Chiesa, McKenney, Benton Corrigan, Ramsey. I think Andrea yeah. Pirlo is getting the best out of Aaron Ramsey right now. Ram, listen, Ramsey's a good player. Yeah, Ramsey's a good player. He just needs to be loved. The fact that they got him chance. for nothing, got him for nothing, but they pretty much are paying his transfer fee in his fee because he makes four hundred thousand dollars a yeah. week, which he, he's not a four hundred thousand dollars no. player a week. No, that's ridiculous. Definitely not. But that's how they did it, right? Yeah, you get him for free, you pay, you know, yeah, you make up for that fee in those wages. Then you look on the other side, Musso, terrible goalkeeping. Terrible. It was. Yeah. Juan Do you Musso. think he could have saved any of those shots? He could have made a difference. He could have made a difference. Uh, Kevin Lasagna. Wow. Terrible again. Missing sitters. Had an had a, had an opportunity to, to to I forget who it was. I think he had an opportunity to basically he was in the box to give it to either Wallace or Ziegler, and he instead decided to turn around and take the shot, and it went right in Chesney's hands. Like, what are you doing? Listen, we've seen it now. Two examples. Selfishness costs you points. Yeah. It was harder for him to turn around and shoot it at Chesney yeah. than it was for him to just lay it off. And boom! That would have been a goal. That would have been an Udinese goal, hands down, because he was wide open. That's the difference from the best and the rest. Yeah. So, Juve. What did you think about Dybala's performance? Uh, it was okay. I mean, he got a goal out of it. Yeah. It, it's, I guess it's a fresh year, fresh fresh attitude for Paulo Dybala. Obviously, it's a transfer window's opening up now, so. I know, there was rumors of him uh, getting shipped out. He's applying for a job. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So, Seriously. hey, stand out. Yeah. Get in the highlights. Get these yeah. coaches or these upper management attentions from these clubs. Yeah, he played good. I just he annoys me with his diving antics. No, I know it's that's he, Paulo Dybala. Though. He annoys me so much. I would love it on my team. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie. But his dive, I hate. I hate the dive, and he yeah. does. Uh, but I guess it's part of the modern game, and yeah. he does it well. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Let's move on now. That uh, that sums up uh, match day 15. So the bottom three has changed a little bit. So Torino now in 17th place out of relegation. In the bottom three, we have Genoa, Spezia, Crotone. Torino, Genoa, and Spezia are 17th, 18th, 19th, all with 11 points. <laughs> then you got Parma in 16th with 12 points. And Cagliari and Udinese aren't too far off. Cagliari with 14 points and Udinese with 15 points. So tight, tight race. It's a tight race down there. Like if you think about this, 
it, it's like Giuliano says, like Benevento realistically is the best of the rest. You can go all the way up to Fiorentina in 13th place. The difference between Fiorentina in 13th place and Spezia in 19th place is four points. Yeah. Because to think Fiorentina is in 13th place is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not, ridiculous. They're not a 13th place team. No. They no. should be 16th, 17th. Yeah. And then you, let's round out the top four. So the top four, AC Milan. Inter Milan were in first place for a couple hours, fall back to second with 36 yeah. points, breathing down Milan's neck. La Roma, third place with 30 points. Steady as she goes, steady as she goes, keep going. Napoli, 14th, uh, four pl- fourth place with 28 points. Juve, fifth, uh, fifth with uh, 27 points. So Napoli, 28th. Sorry, Napoli four po- fourth place with twenty eight points. Sorry, twenty seven U- points. I owe. And Juve twenty seven points. Napoli have no. Napoli has twenty eight. It is twenty eight. It's twenty eight. What's going on here? It's twenty eight. Sorry, the, sta- the standings I'm looking at aren't updated yeah. anymore. See, that's You're what I'm talking 28 about. Twenty eight points. Juve fifth with twenty seven points. Sassuolo sixth with twenty six points. Atalanta uh, uh, seventh with twenty five points. Now. That's a pretty tight top seven. Napoli and Juve both have a game in hand, and that game in hand is against each other. You know how important that game is going to be? It's going to be a scorcher. It's to get in top four. That's a score. Well, yeah, for Juve, yeah. it's to get into the top four. And Juve, we'll talk about it very, very soon. they got a big game midweek. Oof. Big, big game. But. You want to get into those games now? I want to get into those games, but I want to make a quick mention. Yep. So you have Benevento. Sitting in 10th place, the best of the rest, like Giuliano says, 18 points. They are four points away from 9th place. Do you know who 9th place is? Lazio. Lazio. Lazio is 9th place. But again, if they win the game, Atalanta lose, Atalanta could easily drop to 9th. Atalanta's got a game in hand, and Atalanta's game in hand is against Udinese. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. got canceled. Yeah. So so they got, it's that's, tight. The table's that's probably tight. three points for Atalanta. Yeah, the table's tight. Table's a, tight. The race this year is the most exciting. Yeah, it is. It's but been in a long, long time. With those standings said, let's move on. Let's move into let's move let's into those it. games because I'm excited. So these games take place Wednesday afternoon, all taking place on Wednesday, January the sixth. And this is match day 16. And then match day 17th is right on the weekend. Like this is fantastic. A week, a full week of Serie A soccer. This is beautiful. <laughs> so let's start it off. A bit of a snooze fest at 6.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Stay in bed unless you got to go to work. Put it on in the background. Cagliari hosting Benevento at the Sardegna Arena. This game's going to be interesting because Benevento, I do agree with Giuliano, is the best of the rest against a Cagliari team that's really struggling. I think Giuliano had them hovering around relegation in your early predictions. And uh, I don't... Kaliti, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see that, right? What kind of Kaliti is going to show up in this game? Don't know. And it's not a Kaliti team that you think of them. They're not really great at anything. No. Just get the ball to Joao Pedro and hope you score. Pretty much. Pretty much. You got Giovanni Simeone back. Apparently, Rumblings are Pavi goal is going to be out the door. And apparently, Juve is looking at him. Really? Yeah, Pavi goal. Wow. Leonardo Pavoletti. Um, I don't know what to make of this. It all depends on how Di Francesco lines up. I think people and Zaghi is going to take this game to Di Francesco. Di Francesco is going to try and play a sit-back counterattack, so it's going to be a little bit unpredictable. They're going to play into both their hands, right? Mm-hmm. So does Cagliari have the ability to get behind 
a Benevento and score? I agree. I think so. Uh, we saw Milan, 10 guys, just play a counterattack. They soaked in a lot of pressure. Benevento just couldn't finish. Mm-hmm. Unlucky. Does that carry over? I don't know. I, I For me, I think Cagliari hasn't won a game in a long time. In a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, they need one. Bad. They do. They really do. I think Benevento have actually been playing pretty great. They have been football. The Milan game, although they lost, they played good. They did play good. The finishing was poor. They made Milan sweat. They did. They made Milan sweat, man. And if you're going to make Milan sweat, you're going to make the Cagliari defense sweat. Yeah. And you're going to cause problems, I believe. Listen, Benevento, they did receive a big injury. Probably their one of their best offensive weapons. That's the only bad thing uh, about this team right now. They lost to Letizia, one of the best right backs so far this season. I think he pulled a hamstring in that game against Milan. So he will be out. Whose replacement will be on that side, we're not sure. Yeah. Chris Maggio is really the only shoe-in. Yeah. Um, but does he have the legs to play a full game? Does he have the legs? Exactly. They do have uh, a left-sided Belgian and Fulan. I rate this kid. He's really good. Great athlete. But yep. he's a left-sided player. Whether he can play the right. Yeah. And Zaghi only knows. But Another like, story here, though, is Marco Sal is going back to Cagliari. He's going back. Yeah. So it could let's have a... Uh, see what he does there. Could have a big game in his old home. Maybe. I doubt it. Marco Sal has been irrelevant forever. He man. has been. So what do you think is going to happen in this game? I think Benevento is going to win. Yeah. Like I said, although they lost to Milan, I think they get motivated and pumped up. They feel, listen, we have what it takes to compete with the big boys in this league. Yeah. Let's do it. They have their thing in the middle right now with Hetemaj, Schettarella, and Improta. It's excellent. It's a dynamic midfield. You have Roberto Insigne, Gianluca Caprari, Although they don't score all the time, they are a, th- a threat. Yeah. Players you have to watch out for. You give them space, they're going to cause you problems. If Lapadula can just turn it on and start putting in some goals, like he did back in the day with uh, yeah. in Serie B, I think with Lecce, Benevento can do some damage. All the pieces are there. It's just, it doesn't click in important moments. So, and Caledi, for me, there are one one show pony, uh, one trick pony here. Yeah. Right side attacks, everything through Zappa, Nandez get the ball into the middle through João Pedro with his late runs and hopefully pops in a goal. Otherwise, they really don't do anything. They really don't. No, they don't. And they, they don't. rely on Cranio to get a result. They do. Every time they get a result, because they have to rely on Cranio. They do. Uh, this is where I think, because we're it's starting to transfer window, things are a little different. Unless your Cranio is ready for a big club, he's going to stand out in this game. So I think I'm going to take Kyrie and Benevento to draw to this draw. game. What are you saying? You're going to take Benevento? I'm going to take Benevento. All right. So, Giuliano's telling you to take Benevento. I'm telling you to take uh, Cagliari and Benevento to tie. Now, next game up at 9 a.m. Uh, quite a few of them. But the uh, first one is Bologna hosting Udinese. Bologna-Udinese. So, here's what I think. Udinese has the most clean sheets in Serie A. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's updated now. But uh, after, after today... But, uh, yeah, it should be still. It should still be Udinese up there. One of the most stubborn teams to score on. Going up against a Bologna team that really struggles to score. And in my opinion... Scoring bunches, this Bologna. Yeah, they either score three or four a game, or they score none. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, like Giuliano said about Ben Cagliari, uh, I think Bologna is very close to being a one-trick pony. And that they live and die by the sword of Roberto Soriano, like I said earlier in the podcast. I think Udinese will be able to shut down Roberto Soriano. Offensively, I don't know what Udinese can do. 
they gotta change something. I think Gotti, I think Luca Gotti has a sense to change something. He has to get lasagna off. Yeah, he has to. He has to get lasagna off. Guy's a liability. I he, think he, he costs you points. Yeah, lasagna. He does, and I don't think we'll see Kevin Lasagna in this game. And because of that, I think Udinese is gonna win this game against Bologna. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I'd get De Lufeo on. I yeah. think he's healthy. Yeah. I'm not... Rodrigo De Paul's auditioning for a bigger club, too. Yeah, Rodrigo De Paul, he had his one and only bad game in the season against Juve. Yeah. Uh, but at the same today. time, was, did Udinese expect to beat Juve today? No. They I did. expected to give them more trouble. Yeah. When I saw that Udinese goal go in, I thought, okay, here we go. Now we got a match. Yeah. But it was, when it, the second it was this allowed, I knew it was done. Yeah. Udinese, they felt hard done by, heads yeah. down, and just... It was like the wind was taken right out of their sails just because of a disallowed goal. Yeah. It's like they want to go down from the disallowed goal. Absolutely. So the mentality is terrible. Absolutely. But uh, DePaul, I think, can make the difference. He's one of the best midfielders in the league. He's better than any midfielder, I'd say, in the Bologna team. He pulls all the strings. And Udine, if they can get that, like you said, with Lazani, get that forward situation sorted out, get the guy off the field... Maybe even get Musa out of net. Yeah. And put in put in the other goalie and see what happens. Yeah. So you're saying Udinese? I'll take Udinese so in this game. Juliano and I are both trying to take Udinese in this game. Let's move on to Stadio Olimpico. Lazio hosting Fiorentina. This is a bit tricky, but it's a bit not tricky. And here's why. Simone Inzaghi is pissed. <laughs> Listen, when you tie Genoa 1-1, that's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Especially for a Lazio team. And he's... I'm telling you, Simone Inzaghi went in that room after, and he ripped apart those guys in the locker room. 100%. I think you're going to see a Lazio team come out hungry and starving to win this game and make an example out of Fiorentina. Fiorentina, it was just lightning in a can. That's or it. lightning in a bottle against against Juventus. That's now, it. it'll be interesting to see what Prandelli does. Is Prandelli going to come out and sit back? Or is because if Prandelli comes out and sits back, like you said, Lazio struggles against teams like that. But they see, it's true they don't. But for some reason, I don't think Prandelli will. He's going to come out and attack because that's what he did against Juve. He really didn't sit back and attack against no. Juve. They just happened to get a quick goal. Yeah. When Bonucci and Delit were both asleep. Yeah. And from there, Fiorentina just dictated the whole pace. It was yeah. just a freak result. The Fiorentina result. Yeah. They had no. They had no right. To win that game. To win that game. No. Even though they did. No disrespect to Fiorentina fans. No. But they, two different levels. It was a freak yeah. of nature result. You play that game 99 out of 100 times, Juve wins. Juve's going to win that game. Lazio, here, like we said, they do struggle against teams that sit back. But, but Prandelli really hasn't sat back, I don't yeah. believe, once since he's been in charge. He's always gone on the initiative. And attacked. And attacked. He's Now he has switched back to the three-man defense. Yeah. Uh is it working? I guess we can say it's working. He's gotten points from it. Casares has kind of worked as a as a right wing back now. Yeah. So things are kind of getting better, but to me, I think it's it's not it's not real. They haven't been tested. One freak of nature result doesn't justify all the moves Prandelli's making. I think Lazio is going to give him that wake up call. Yeah, I think so. And he's going to go right back with all the pressure on him. Fiorentina. Yeah. I think so. I, so. They're not a they're not a good team, Fiorentina. No, they're so, not. They're just relying on Frank Ribéry. They don't have no pieces. Chiro Mobile is due for a goal in open play, and like you said, Simone, he's not gonna stand for back to back losses or even yeah. a draw. Yeah. 
in this game. This game is going to be Lazio win, hands down. Listen, Finitina couldn't get a shot in the last game. Against <laughs> Bologna. They struggled to score in every game since Pandelli's come in, except Juve. Yeah. They're going to struggle again. Yeah. So we're both trying to take Lazio to win this game. Move on to the next game. Can we see Atalanta putting straining two wins together? Atalanta are, ho- are hosting Parma in this game. So you have a Parma team that's fallen right off the rails. I guess Atalanta team that won huge today against Sassuolo. The big thing, the issue has always been, can they carry it into the next game? That's always been the issue with Atalanta. But Atalanta are at home. And I think personally that Atalanta know how close they are back into Europe or back into the top four even, knowing they have a game in hand against Udinese. Against a Parma team that realistically could be relegated this year Mm -hmm. if they keep this up. So, in my opinion, I'm just going to say it outright that Atalanta's going to win this game. What are your, what's your take on this game? Same. Atalanta outright are going to win. Parma can't do nothing. They can't play possession. They no. can't play defense. I don't even think this game's going to be entertaining to watch. It's just going to be a no. slaughter. Atalanta, I believe, they should go out and press this team. They should. Parma's going to cough up the ball. Yeah. And that's it. You're yeah. going to get your goals. Golini's not even going to get a shot. You might as well play Spartiello. <laughs> And not that Sportello's bad. But, no, it's true. You uh, might as well rotate. You might as well. This is a game to do it. You might Parma, as well Parma's done. Yeah. Leverani's done. This team's finished. Yeah. This team's finito. If, if last game, today wasn't the final nail in the coffin, yeah. this is. So we're both telling you to take Atalanta this game. Now let's move on to Giuliano's game. Claudio Ranieri and Sampdoria <laughs> hosting Antonio Conte and Inter Milan. Back to back in the trenches for uh, Sampdoria. Yeah. Against uh, Roma, and now it's going to be against Inter. Yeah. They're going to have to sit back and. I don't think there's much I have on this. Uh, like, what's your take on this game? Listen, Roma did struggle for the goal. They ran up against a hot uh, Aldero. The weather was it wasn't good for uh, football. Now, the question is for me: Does Roma have better attacking options than Inter going forward? I think Roma have more options overall they don't rely on just Jekyll they rely on Mkhitaryan they rely on Pedro they rely on their wing backs to create stuff as well for them Inter doesn't score goals from the midfield yeah. Pellegrini can pop in from the midfield score goals Vertu can pop in and score goals that's where the threat comes from with Roma you don't know if their forwards are going to score or the midfielders are going to score Yeah. Inter everything's a bit and I know how could I say this on a 7 game winning streak or eight game winning streak, something like seven, eight games. How could I say this? But Inter are very, very reliant on Lautaro and Lukaku. Very reliant. They are. Their entire game plan runs through those guys. And if Lukaku's injured in this game, I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit worried. If Lukaku's out for this game, I'm going to tell you right now, Sampdoria, Inter draw. Wow. If, if Lukaku's in this game, and he's going to have to play the full 90 minutes because it's going to be a struggle for Inter this game. You think so? I think so. If Lukaku's in and he's healthy, it will be fine. We have a chance because Lukaku, he's a presence. He's big. He can turn like we saw him turn Luperto, no problem. Yeah. Beautiful touch, beautiful goal right around the defender. Imagine if Lukaku's gone. This has always been the big question for their fans. You lose Lukaku, what's, what's the plan? What's the backup plan? There is nobody. Right now. There's Pinamonti's not going to come on. No, Pinamonti's on his way to Genoa anyway. Lautaro can't do what Lukaku does. No one can do what Lukaku does. There's really no striker in the world that can do what Lukaku does. So no, what I'm... is Plan B? 
Conte's got a plan B somewhere. I the the one thing is it's a good time for him to go down because it's like you said it's transfer no. But at the, another reason why it's a good time for go down because Latoro Martinez just came off a hat trick. He did. He did. And but when you're confident, hundred percent. But Latoro for me, he doesn't create his own goals. He's at the end of uh, at the end of moves. Maybe He's a good you gotta play. At the end maybe of you gotta play Sanchez with him. Maybe you're gonna have to play. Maybe you gotta play Sanchez with him. You gotta change it a little bit. Because what? Yeah, you do. Because what Lukaku does is now what he's brought to his game from his Manchester United days. Yeah. Now he's able to hold up the ball, suck guys in, and then release the pass at the vital moment. Hey, he's, know, he's one of the best now doing that. Listen, I know Graziano Pelle is looking for a team. You might as well just put up, put up a call. <laughs> no, put, thank you. Put him on a no, 10-day contract you. for this. Uh, no, thank for this you. game and <laughs> prove your worth, buddy. But for me, anyway, it'll be interesting. This game all hinges on uh, our talisman, whether he's going to play or not. I think he's that important to this team. Because uh, I really don't know. So if do. Lukaku doesn't play, you're saying a draw. I think it's going to be. If Lukaku plays, you say I think he's going to win. If he's if he's healthy and he plays a full ninety minutes, I think we win. I think with or without Lukaku, you guys are going to win this game. You guys know how important it is to win this game, and knowing that Milan are going to be playing a huge game later on that day, this is where you got to take advantage. This of is where course, you got to show your character. This is where you got to show that you want it. How mm-hmm. bad you want it. And this is where Antonio Conte, as much as I hate to say it, thrives. Yeah, you give Antonio Conte a lead in the league, it's very hard to claw yeah, back points. Exactly. But eventually, you can't win every game. You can't. Eventually you but Antonio Conte points, right? needs favors. And favors, I mean other teams to do something. And if there's a team that can possibly do something against Milan, it's going to be midweek on Wednesday. So, Which yeah. we'll talk about very soon. But, but Inter at the same time, on the weekend, they're playing Roma. Do, yeah. you, do you risk Lukaku for even worse injury this game? Or do you you know play, obviously, for the win? If you get the draw, so be it. And then you have to go out and beat Roma. Because you want to beat the, the teams around you, at least, right? Uh, I think that, this game, you got to win. you got to win, so you have. Yeah, you're in a title race, the, you have to win. You have to win. You have to win, of so course. You, so you pick up your three points here. If you get a draw against Roma, which I don't think is going to happen, it's going to be a Roma slaughter. Um, and that's, I mean, and that I mean, giving Inter a loss. We'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> I think we'll talk about that next podcast, but uh, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, realistically, if Inter drop points this game and they drop points against Roma, they're finished. Win this game. If you drop points and you get a draw against Roma, at least you know you beat Sampdoria in the midweek to stay around, to stick yeah. around. Especially knowing who Milan's playing. But I'm but I'm getting eyes. Do you risk Lukaku? If I'm a coach, just to beat Sampdoria. If I'm a coach, I would risk. I wouldn't start Lukaku. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would. I wouldn't either. I would ease him in. If the game's not going the way it's going, and we're on we're on par for a draw, I maybe give him the last twenty minutes, half an hour. Yeah. That's what I would do as Antonio Conte, but who that, who knows what that guy's what's going on in that guy's brain? I'm so, sure he's having nightmares right now. Yeah, he probably is. That was his guy. Usually, when a player gets injured, they just walk past the manager. Eh, so be it. This Lukaku goes up to Conte and he's asking, "Oh, what's going on?" So this is this is. Uh, Hopefully, it's very very minor. We see. we don't know the extent we'll of the see. injury, right? So let's. It was just a thigh strain. That's yeah. all. I know. Thigh adductor strain. So let's see what happens. Those take a while to heal. Giuliano does know. Massage therapy. <laughs> 
Um, so Julian, I was telling you, Lukaku's in, take Inter, and plays the full 90 minutes, take Inter. Lukaku's not in this game, take a draw. I'm telling you, either way, take Inter in this game. Let's move on <laughs> to what I think is going to be the upset of the match day. Sassuolo hosting Genoa. Sassuolo, <laughs> Genoa. You think Genoa's going to be Sassuolo? This Davide Ballardini character, man. Let me tell you, those sunglasses. He's got you hot under the collar, eh? With those, with those shades. Those shades and that mafia hat, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta, you got a man crush. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, this Genoa team looks like they're playing a lot more comfortably, in my opinion, against a Sassuolo team. The they barely won the match day prior. They got half slaughtered against Atalanta. I just think they're just reeling right now. And this is a perfect time for Genoa to play them. Genoa. And, and if Sassuolo doesn't make Europe, is it a failure for Sassuolo? No, I don't think so. Probably no, not. No. I don't think there's... I think they're, they're, they're punching above expectations right now, and the fans know it. But let's talk about the struggle. Genoa can taste safety right now. They can taste being out of the bottom three right now. Going up against a team that's struggling. Mm-hmm. Really struggling. My opinion, I think Genoa is going to win this game. This is going to be the shock of the match day. Genoa <laughs> is going to win this game. Book it. Yeah, it's interesting. He's gone pretty consistent with his lineups. Peren starting in both games. Yep. Masiello featured in both games. Matteo Destro is firing now. Matteo Destro played both games. He usually plays. So he likes Destro, who gets on the end of goals. You might see Pandev. And, and he likes Pandev or um, Piazza running. Creating, yep. getting on the ball in regards to the midfield he's played the same midfield uh, pretty much two games in a row Domenico's back Kushito's back Tapacosta's back so only the system remains the same character of player that's been subbed in and out of the team is relatively the same so you know what you're going to get with this team it's very organized people know what they're doing and I think that's the big difference Mark Maran <laughs> it was a toss up no one knew what he was doing it was a toss up Every minute of the game was a toss-up. Yes. But this Genoa now, a lot more organized. They've gotten points off Lazio and... Uh, Milan. And Milan, that's right. 2-2 two, two draw with Milan and Lazio, two of the big teams. Two draws, crazy, 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 crazy. And uh, they beat Spezia, too. So the struggle's real. They didn't get the Milan uh, draw, though, with... No, with Maran, they got the Maran. draw. So, but they got a win and a draw against Lazio with uh, with Ballardini with your boy Shades over there. Four points and six, uh, four out of possible six points so far. So great turnaround, big great difference turnaround. already. So Swole on the other hand have been very inconsistent. Yep, two losses in their last three matches, losses to Milan and Atalanta though. Like come on, two of the bigger teams beat Sampdoria. I think they're gonna beat Genoa here. So okay. Swolo, to me, is a team. They beat the teams that are worse than them, lose to the better quality teams. They're very basic that way. You know what you're getting with the Swolo now. They've shown their true colors, and I think they just have too many pieces for Genoa. So we have the first disagreement of the match day. So first Giuliano's telling you to take Sassuolo, and I'm telling you to take Genoa. We'll see what happens there. Sassuolo penalty. Yeah, okay, we'll see. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Torino, a confident Torino, are hosting a tricky Catenaccio style Hellas Verona. This one's tricky to call. This Hellas. one's very tricky to call. But I'm gonna ride the wave. The Torino wave. <laughs> I really am. Bellotti, uh, he's 
finding ways to do things. I think that this team is... It's like I said before. This team was just a win away from really starting to, to gain momentum. <clears throat> yeah. This Hellas Verona team is really good. I had all the respect in the world to Hellas Verona. And they, they grind out wins. But with the offensive power and potential that Torino has that they can do... In my opinion, I just think now we're going to see Torino go on a roll. And I just think they're... I don't think they're, it's going to be an easy game by any means against Hellas Verona. But I just think Torino has more weapons offensively than Hellas Verona. And that's why I'm taking Torino to win this game. Yeah, Torino definitely have are better going forward. They are. A bit weaker going back, but now Armando Izzo, yeah, he's playing great. Um, I agree with you. The Torino undefeated streak is going to continue, but I don't think they're going to win. I think it's going to end in a draw. I think both teams are going to cancel each other out with uh, Silvestri. I think Ivan Juric has the nous to shut down Gianpaolo's game, which is it's not very impressive the way Gianpaolo gets his teams to play. It's very Balotti-reliant. You shut down Balotti, you shut down Torino because Balotti runs the show there. I think, like I said, Jodic is going to find a way to shut them down. And uh, at the same time, I don't think Verona is going to have enough men to be able to break forward for that reason because they got to worry about Bellotti so much that they're not going to get a chance to score. And on top of it, Sirigu now is playing great. So yeah. you got two great goalies in this game. You know, great defense versus a team that scores goals yeah. at, in the relegation fight. I just think, for me, it's going to be a cancelling uh, of teams. So, Giuliano's telling you to take the tie. I'm telling you to take Torino to win this game. Now, let's move on to a quick, quick, quick preview because I don't think there's much to say in this game. Crotone hosting Roma in Calabria. Roma win. Yep. Roma win. Next. I, I think <laughs> you so. say anything? No, I just... Next. <laughs> Sorry. Roma knows. Roma's got to win this game because they got a huge game on Sunday. So, yeah. Do not drop points here, Roma. <laughs> Do not drop points. So, Roma beat Crotone very comfortably. So, sorry, Crotone. Thank you very much, Roma. Now, let's move on. I don't even think I need to talk about this game now. Yeah, this should be another straightforward This should be another straightforward game. <laughs> Napoli hosting Spezia. If Napoli come out this game the way they did today, Napoli win. Thank you very much. See you later. Yeah. Juliano agrees. We're both trying to take... So, last two games, if you haven't... If you've just dozed off for a second, sorry. <laughs> we're both trying to take Roma and Napoli to win their games. Now, let's move on to the big one. Let's go. Milan hosting Juve. The old rivalry. Woo! There hasn't been Who? a big Milan-Juve game like this since Mutari had that disallowed goal. That's right. Against Buffon there. That's before, right. Before goal line technology days. Which, Pirlo. Which threw the title in Juve's favor. Pirlo. Coming to show Pioli that he can coach. <laughs> um, Milan has beaten Juve in their last two yeah. fixtures against each other. Yeah. Yeah. And from what it looks like, I, I don't know when Zlatan is slated to return. I don't think it is this game. You know what? And they're not going to miss him for this game either. You think so? They don't need him. They've, pro- they've proven they don't need him. They've beaten everybody. I know, but this is Juventus here. We could see Penaldo. This is going to be interesting. You got Penaldo on one side going up against Kessie. Who's going to get more penalties? What do you call PK Kessie? What do you call? <laughs> oh, PK Kessie, yeah. 
He's good for a penalty a game. <laughs> yeah, he is. PK Cassie against Pinaldo. This is gonna that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, if you like Who? swimming and dive and watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. All joking aside, this is this is Juventus' season right here. You lose this game, bye bye tenth Scudetto in a row. And as much as Juve fans say it's not about the Scudetto, it's not about the Scudetto, it's about the Champions League. No, it's you only say that when you're not on top of the table. It's yeah. not about the Scudetto. No, it's re- it. it's about the Scudetto. Yeah, of course, you so. guys are chomping at the bit for this game. You guys are gonna be biting your nails this whole game because you know how important this game is. I'm with you in this game. I'm with the Bianconeri in this game. <laughs> you hate me? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. It's just can can their luck continue against Juventus? I don't know. So let's break it down. Let's break it down. From goalkeeper to Let's goalkeeper. Go goalkeeper. Who's the better goalkeeper? Oh, Donnarumma is the better goalkeeper, but Chesney's steady. Chesney's steady. But you got the better goalkeeper in Donnarumma. Yeah. So Donnarumma slots in there. Defensively? Let's look at the defense of both teams. Who has the best defense? So Calabria, Romagnoli, Kair, Theo Hernandez, that's the usual starters, versus Danilo, Delict, Bonucci. And uh, Taylor Hernandez is gonna go up against Quadrado. Is Quadrado back? Did he get a three-game suspension? Uh, I think Quadrado's back. I thought he was. So if Quadrado's back, you have Danilo, possibly Alexandro on the left. Yeah. So who who's the better defensive cohort here? I don't know. Which defense would you would you side with? What kind of Leonardo Bonucci? Okay, let's show up? let's say it this way. Whose wing backs would you prefer? Calabria through Hernandez, or would you prefer the combination of Danilo, Alexandro, and Cordado? It's a tough one. That's a tough one for okay, me. Who would, who, I hate who, both teams. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who do you think is more effective? Oh, obviously, right now, Milan's. You think their wingbacks are better? Okay, so better goalkeeper, better wingbacks. Yep. Midfield. Center backs. Center backs. See, center backs is going to be a problem. Who do you think? Kair Romagnoli, De Ligt, or Bonucci? Who I think taking? I would take De Ligt and Bonucci. You take the Ligt and Bonucci over? I think they're going to show gaps. Interesting. So now let's go to the midfield. You have Bentancourt, probably the best midfielder in Juve. I'll tell you right now. I'll take, Juve's, me, I, I'll take you Juve's midfield over Milan's midfield, hands down. Hands down. Hands yeah. down. Attacking-wise? Who do you think the best midfielder is in this match? Bentancourt. Bentancourt? Who's second? You rate Frank Kessie? Do you think Frank Kessie would get in a Juve team? No. So arguably, so arguably Milan's best midfielder stands no chance of getting into Juve. I think, I think if P.K. Kessie gets on uh, Juve, <laughs> he says on the bench. Fair enough. And offense? I think McKenny offers more flair. Yeah. I think McKenny's going to make Kessie struggle. Big Interesting. time. So now let's talk about offense. Yeah, so we'll start with the wide players because some wide players you can kind of interchange between yeah. attack and midfielders for. So we'll just call them wide players. We have, let's throw Leao in there. Let's throw Chiesa in that. The Bernadeskis. Who do you think out of wide players? Who has the better wide players in this team? Castillejo. Castillejo. Who else is, who else is wide there for, for Juve? Let's say Ramsey's wide because Ramsey starts Ramsey's wide, but then he wide. comes wide. Then he comes in. Yeah. There. Really, the only difference, the only I, I think Juve is stronger as a, a collectively. The only one that really stands out is Liao. Yeah, for Milan, to me, no one else really stands out. Forward wise, you're going up against Ronaldo. Ronaldo, 
and Morata. Morata did he even play this game? I know he didn't play this game. And I'd say Morata. Yeah, Morata's been pretty good. Been, I think he's been on par with. Uh, You're telling Ronaldo. me Simon Ki- Simon Kiar and Alessio Romagnoli have not come up against a Cristiano Ronaldo this no, season haven't. yet. They haven't. So you think Milan's going to get spanked and taught a lesson this game? Not spanked. They're going to lose. What do you call them score wise? I'm going to say two to one Milan. Or sorry, two to one Juve. <laughs> Milan's on my mind. I'll take sorry. the entire Juve team, but Milan's gonna. No, win. no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Milan's on my Milan's on my mind. Sorry. Two to one Juve. Interesting. Interesting. What do you say? For me, I agree with you. Juve has more, definitely more depth in them. More Mi- weapons. More weapons. Milan's running thin now. Now you're without Tonali, Krunic, Cassie, Kalanoglu is your midfield you're relying on. Hey, Kalanoglu, no disrespect, he's a fantastic midfielder. Oh, he is. He's been, like I said, he, I don't know if I tweeted this or I said it last podcast, he's reinvented the number 10 position. Yeah, he said it's, last podcast. It's been yeah. a long time since a number 10 has played as good as he has. Now, Salamakers, Leal, I'm going to give Milan the advantage on the wings. Okay. I think they're better on the wings than Juve. I think Juve's better in, this, in the spine of the team. Uh, I think Milan's center back pairing is better. Better than Delict and Bonucci, but think about what Delict and Bonucci are going to go up against compared to Chiar and Dor- and uh, Romagnoli. But at the same time, you got to look at, for me anyway, how does Juve concede their goals? And it's all for me. It's always on the break. That's how they conceded against Udinese. Although it was disallowed, Bonucci Delict are too slow. They are yeah. slow defenders. Delict's quads are the size of his torso. <laughs> he's he's too he's too big. He's too slow to turn. Yeah. Bonucci is just, uh, I don't know. He's great on the ball. He is obviously a world-class defender. Else he wouldn't have he wouldn't have lasted this long yeah. at Juve. But he has parts lacking in his game as well. And they always get caught on the break because their wingbacks push up so much. There's no cover from the midfield, which is one of Juve's weaknesses. No, co- no defensive midfield coverage. And that's where Milan has destroyed everybody. Leao speed, Salamakers, his constant running. Kalinoglu is able to operate in that space. Theo Hernandez destroys everybody. It doesn't matter who he plays. Yeah, He'll run the entire wing. So that's where it's going to be interesting. I really don't know what to call. Donnarumma, if he plays like he did today, I don't even think Ronaldo can beat him okay. if he plays like today. But you can't play like this, you know... But I'm going to give the edge to Juve. I think uh, Fiorentina was obviously just a blip. Yeah. And I think it woke Juve up even more, if anything. If Milan get a result from this, they're winning the Scudetto. Yeah, if Milan wins this game, the Scudetto's over. They're going to win the Scudetto. Scudetto's over. This will give them so much belief if they if they beat this Juve team. Yeah. And they get a point off them. The confidence is going to be sky high for Milan. Yeah, I think so. So... So I think we're both tired to take Juve in this take game. Take Juve, though, you were saying. Yeah. Well, there you go. I just think, yeah, Juve's got too much about them. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Well, that sums up match day 16 for the previews. Now, um, is there anything you want to talk about specifically? Maybe transfer market isn't open yet, but there's been some rumors. Yep. Not much to talk about. Everyone's linked with Inter. It's kind of boring. Transfer Papu rumors Gomez. right now. Papu Gomez. And there's been a few other Graziano players. Pelle. Graziano Pelle has been offered to Juve too, apparently. Uh, like. Forget Graziano Pelle. He can stay in China. Uh, but 
I know you El Sharawi for Roma El Sharawi for Roma apparently out the door is going to be Perez uh, uh, Carlos Perez Bruno Perez wow um, Juan Jesus who else is there there's like six guys on the list for it wow yeah and uh, the other thing that uh, I'm just gonna just give me a second here that just, would worry me a bit as a Roma fan no I'm not worried it's that's dead depth. weight that's, Santon that's going out Santon yeah, Santon see you later Santon Jesus see you later I thought I thought the uh, young Spaniard up top was doing pretty well. Who, Carlos Perez? Yeah. He's done nothing. Well, I know he's done nothing this season, but he had a decent season last year. Yeah. And Bruno Perez isn't the worst in the world. No, he's not, but I don't think like he's... Like if Spinazzola goes think, out, who are you guys going to put in now? I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's Tiago Pinto. But what if Spinazzola goes, who do you put in? Uh, I'm just trying to bring up who they're, who they're in talks oh, with. This is going to be the downfall of Rome. Rome falls right here again. No, I don't think so. Rome falls again. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, where is it? Uh, what are you looking for? I'm just looking up uh, what, like who, who's the one guy. There was a guy that I was looking at. Uh, he's a target now for. He's on Everton, but he's been. Uh, he's been kind of a. He's had a rough go at Everton. He came from Shakhtar. What's his name? Shakhtar. Yeah, he went from Shakhtar to Everton. Shakhtar has been one of the worst teams in the world, on the planet. Bernard. There we go. Bernard. No, he didn't. From uh, Shakhtar oh, Donetsk. Yeah, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking Schalke. Shakhtar. I'm not talking about Schalke. Are you crazy? Sh- I had Schalke on my mind. No. I think the blue. The blue of Everton. And no. I don't know what's Shakhtar going through Donetsk. my mind. I don't um, know what's going through my mind. Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. That'd be an interesting sign. And he... He, th- I think, has won the most dribbles next to Adama Traore this season in the yeah, Prem. So there you he's go. a tricky wing- winger. Yeah. No end product his game, but no. and I know uh, Olsen, uh, Gasp- uh, not his name. What Ancelotti wants to keep Olsen over at uh, Everton. Really? Well, thank you very much for the money. <laughs> hey, listen, Olsen wasn't a wasn't a terrible goalie. He was at Roma at a bad time. Bad yeah. timing. Timing is everything. Yeah, it was a transition. Timing is everything. But uh, yeah, just everything. Like Pavoletti's linked with Juve. He's linked with here. He's linked with everywhere. That's, that's strange. Yeah, they're looking. Uh, Juve's looking for depth up top, apparently. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll have more transfer rumblings uh, as they come uh, for uh, for City. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a flurry of them in uh, on Wednesday when yeah. we come back Wednesday. Yeah, the biggest story is probably Papu Gomez will probably be the yeah. biggest transfer. Yeah, exactly. I don't see a bigger transfer than that happening. No, but uh, that's really it for transfers, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, one section that we want to start doing, we want to focus on a little more and start doing every podcast is being the proud Canadians that we are, because we are Canadians <laughs> <laughs> from Toronto. Um, we want to highlight some uh, some players uh, that uh, basically that are not that they're flying under the radar, but like here are some players that I don't think people really know about um, on this side of the world in North America um, that are overseas plying their trade, trying to make it. And uh, I wanted to start with a couple of goalkeepers um, that uh, that are in Europe. That are that are trying to make it in Europe. That are with some pretty respectable teams. Um, one of them uh, is his name is Jonathan Viscozzi. So Jonathan Viscozzi is from Ottawa, Ontario. He's about 29 years old. And the reason why I'm starting from goalkeepers is because we're gonna go from we're gonna go position to position. 
throughout our podcasts, right? Yeah. Uh, but this guy's had a pretty interesting career at 29. Uh, he's basically, he, he went to college. Uh, he went to college. He played at Rio Grande Red Storm, then the Buffalo Bulls. He, he pl- applied most of his trade in the states, but he's now made it over. And but he's made it over a couple times to Scandinavia. And some and you know for those of you that heard about the Scandinavian pipeline, so he played for a team called TPS. Um, I forget what their full name is, but he he was a mainstay there in the Finnish league in 27 2018. Came back in the USL, played for San Antonio, but he's now in the Alavanskin uh, for. Uh, which is the Premier League in Sweden, and he plays for IK Sirius. He's made three appearances in the 2020 season. He's obviously the second-string goalkeeper there, but kind of a guy to think about, guy to watch out for, a guy in Europe, 29 years old, probably in the prime of his career. Why not, right? Um, two other guys that you've heard Juliano and I talk about, we really want to get their profile out there because uh, we followed them. First guy I want to talk to you about is Axel Desjardins. So Axel Desjardins, uh, apologize for the misinformation we may have provided you earlier on. So he is owned by Spezia. He has been with Spezia. But uh, I didn't know this uh, earlier. Uh, I just found this out. Uh, not too long ago, that he's actually was loaned out to Novada at the beginning of the season. I think it was in October. Uh, so he's a, he's on loan from Spezia at Novada, who play in the Serie A. See, Novada, Novada is a team that was in the Serie A not too long ago. Um, and Spezia right now is a team that is in the Serie A, probably going to Serie, back to Serie B. Uh, so Axel Desjardins is from Montreal. Uh, he's a six foot two goalkeeper. Uh, he's basically been with Spezia since 2014. So he's been with the Spezia Primavera youth teams for for quite a while. He's made it over there. Um, I know uh, he's attended a training camp before uh, for the under 20 Canadian team, and uh, I think this kid deserves a look. Uh, I I don't think there's check him out Axel Desjardins. You can find some footage on YouTube for him. Uh, so it's Axel Desjardins, and uh, he's got a, a lot of potential. Only 20 years old, and uh, he kind of has. He reminds me from from the very from the footage I've seen of Axel. He reminds me of like a Manuel Neuer, kind of like a sweeper keeper. He's got the frame for it. He's got some good potential there, I think. And uh, this is a kid to watch out for, Axel Desjardins. So remember that name because uh, he's been in Italy for quite a while uh, in the Spezia U system, and uh, he's doing he's been doing a great job. So we wish Axel Desjardins nothing but success over in Europe, and uh, hope to hear uh, his name become more common. Uh, in the uh, professional football world. Yeah. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about is another guy that Juliano and I talked about. He's actually on the first team uh, for Bologna. And Bologna is owned by Joey Saputo from Saputo Chi. So Bologna is a Canadian-owned team in the Serie A, playing in the top division in Italy. And we have a Canadian goalkeeper in the depth chart there. Uh, hasn't made an appearance for them yet, but his name is Sebastian Brezza. 22 years old. This guy is a big boy. He's six foot five. <laughs> he's a big boy. Uh, he's played most of his career in Italy. So he went to Monopoly at the age of uh, 20. Uh, at, well, he went, he went to Monopoly in 2014. Uh, so he was a kid when he went there. Um, interesting part is he started at Monopoly in the youth career. Then he actually was loaned out to Palermo, playing in the Palermo youth system. And... Uh, Palermo at that time was in the Serie A and he even made a couple of appearances on their bench 
while he was playing for their youth team uh, for a certain number of games. And uh, then he ended up uh, having a pretty steady uh, couple of years after that with Potenza. Uh, Potenza's in the lower tiers of Italy, uh, making 44 appearances for them. But then he was bought, he was loaned in to Bologna, and now he's signed permanently for Bologna. I believe he's only made one appearance for the Canadian Under-20 team, and that's it. And uh, Milan Borjan, no disrespect to you, but we know that you're not going to be around forever. Um, I know there's some goalkeepers that they're looking at, James Pentemis, Maxime Crepo from uh, MLS. But, uh, you know, youth, the youth team, youth coach, or John, John Herdman, who's basically running everything up until up from down to under 14 up, I believe. You know, John, give this guy a call and uh, get, bring this guy to a camp. Bring, I'd love to see hear about Sebastian, Axel, and even Jonathan getting called up to a camp just to see what they have. We understand kind of what the struggle is, is that you guys, that the excuse that we that people say, and we're not blaming the CSA for this, is that there's not enough footage of these guys because they're overseas. Whereas with guys like James and Maxime, because they're in MLS, they're local, their scouts are able to get there. I don't know if it's money's a factor or not, but go out to these guys, Sebastian especially because Seba- I know I believe even Axel, so because I believe Axel and Sebastian both have dual citizenship, so they could technically move on to another country, and we'd be missing out on potential players. So those are guys that we really want to highlight uh, for this episode. Look into them. Again, their names are Jonathan Viscozzi, who plays in Switzerland or in Sweden. Sorry, uh, Axel Desjardins, who's been in Italy for a long time, and Sebastian Brezza, who again has been in Italy for a long, long time. Born in Ottawa, youth career and senior career has been all Italian. So, give him a chance. Give him a chance. We'd love to see it. It'd be nice to see him. Yeah, and uh... even just in a camp. Because we yeah. know John, we know John Herdman's doing a camp right now, and we know Jaden's in there, right? Yeah, listen, let's hope Coppa Italia. Well, Bologna's not in it anymore, but no. Let's hope he gets a chance in uh, Syria. Yeah, let's hope he gets a shot. Yeah, and uh, another kind of Canadian. Uh, there's two of them. They play on the Spal Primavera. So Spal's in Serie B. They're on the brink of possibly returning to Serie A. They were recently in Serie A. I'll mention these guys real quick. Uh, Malik Olawabu. So Malik was born in England, but uh, developed. He moved to Canada, and then he moved back to Europe. But he signed his first professional contract, I believe it was this year, with Spal for the Spal Primavera. He's only 18 years old. Check this kid out. He's, I believe, made four appearances and he's already scored a goal for the Spal Primavera. And Spal plays in the Primavera Division One in Italy, which is the highest for the youth. And they're, I believe, in the top five. And another guy there um, is Simon Corinth. He's on loan at Spal for the Primavera. He's actually from Vancouver, Vancouver Whitecaps. So there's five Canadians probably didn't hear about. There we go. That's why... That's why we're here. That's right. So, uh, these guys, some recognition, and uh, we hope the guys, especially in Italy, their careers take off. Yeah, absolutely. If you've made it there, it'd be amazing to see Canadian talent in in, uh, Syria. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we're we're definitely huge supporters and uh, wish you guys all the best. Yeah.
and uh, would love to get you guys on for an interview or, <laughs> or have a chat at some point if you guys are listening to this. So, But thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Enjoy the midweek fixtures. Enjoy the midweek fixtures, especially that Milan-Juventus game. Huge game. Huge game. Huge game. Game of the week. And uh, we'll be back right after that. Christian gives them no chance, Milan fans. <laughs> Rip into him. Rip into him. I didn't say that. I didn't, give him, I didn't say that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so enjoy the games, and we'll be back to break them down and then preview uh, the upcoming weekend. And then we'll have a couple of other possibly special things focusing on Canadian soccer coming down the pipeline. So if you guys really, like I said, we know we keep plugging it, but if you guys really enjoyed the breaking down the men's Canadian system with Dave Simpson, there's a lot more coming down that we're developing, coming more down the pipeline that – We'd love to share with you, and we can't wait to get it all together. So. Yeah, let us know. We have every route available to contact us yeah. if you want to get a hold of us. Exactly. So we're on Facebook. Tifosi Football Radio is the group. Uh, we're on Instagram. Our Instagram name is Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Follow us on Twitter, at Radio Tifosi. And we have an email. And we have an email, tifosifootballradio at gmail.com. Like us, rate us on on any podcast platform, leave us a review, uh, send us questions, tell us what you think, give us your opinions. Any criticism, we're open. Anything, we're open. We just, we love what we do and and, and we'd love to hear a little, we'd love to hear feedback from all of our listeners. So thank you so much and uh, ciao ragazzi. Ciao.